This is Noche Galactica, episode 43. I'm Poeta Galactico, and this is the first episode of 2021. We are in the building, and this episode is it's gonna be spicy for Brano today. It's a it's an episode so and a theme. Oh, so spicy, man! It's an episode that I've been waiting to kind of cook up and kind of unpack. And we have a special guest all the way from the East Coast, man. Ooh. Tell us who you are, where you at. Tell us everything. Yo, what's up, y'all? My name is Eli Rivera, but y'all can call me Poeta Curador. I'm out here bringing that energy from my ancestors, trying to be a tutor, healer for myself and for my communities. Um, I'm coming in from Providence, Rhode Island, uh, originally from Worcester, Massachusetts, with for all my mass out there. And yo, I'm out here, ready to share some love. I'm an educator, I'm a community organizer, I'm a researcher, youth worker for life, and I'm ready to connect, have this conversation, it's much needed. Amazing, man, the energy, man. I just gotta go back before COVID times and talk a little bit about our connection. We connected in Oakland, where you, you were visiting the school that I work at, yep. Latitude High School, putting out the plug out there. And, and we just kind of saw each other, but I feel like the energy kind of synced up. Uh, we exchanged some emails and we've been linked up, man, um, via email, kind of having Zoom meetings doing COVID times. Um, <laughs> it, it, this is something that we had to cook up, you know? The, the episode is East to West, unpacking yep. toxic masculinity, man. <laughs> man, I'm so ready for this. Um, but before we dive in, man, tell us a little bit about your backgrounds, where your family from, de donde eres, you know? No, de verdad, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, so, like I said, I'm, I'm out here from, I'm personally in Northeast New England, but my roots and my ancestry, my love, I'm Salvadoreño. My parents are from El Salvador, I'm first generation, um, and they came over here, um, 70s, 80s, and then ended up out here in, in cold New England. How? That's a long story. That's that's an episode on its own of how that happened. But yo, and then uh, I've been in the youth work field now for over a decade. I'm, I think I'm closing in on like 13 plus years. And, you know, I've worked in group homes. I've worked in lockups. I've worked in outreach services. I've worked in classrooms, uh, designing out of school programming time. And now I'm blessed to be the executive director of a dope ass program out here called Youth in Action in Providence, Rhode Island. But I still got, I'm still doing a lot of cool work out in Massachusetts and throughout all of New England. Um, and yo, even connecting with friends on the West Coast. And a lot of my work has brought me to the idea of what does it mean, right, for the healing of mm -hmm. boys and men of color? Like, what does it mean to unpack the layers of bullshit oppression, of machismo, right? Like the, this, this ideal of like, we have to act a certain way, we have to be a certain way to be worthy to be accepted, to be whole. And that doesn't lead anywhere. That leads to poor mental health, that leads to poor engagement, that leads to poor health, that leads to poor everything. So yeah, I'm ready to have this conversation. Man, you coming in with the facts and the fire like nothing. <laughs> I'm loving this, man. I'm so hyped up. It's a Monday, so we need to all the energy we can get. Uh, so we're gonna start with the overarching question, man. Toxic masculinity. As Latinx males, uh, where and when did you realize that impacted your life? Like, let's let's take me in the time machine and let's go back and talk to me, man. When did you realize this toxic masculinity was a thing? Man, it, I feel like it, it went through phases, right? So I think in terms of using it in like the words that we're using, right? Toxic masculinity, machismo, and like all and like this like lack of vulnerability. Those are words that no one taught me and I had to teach myself maybe within the last 10 years, but I think the idea of like, yo, something's wrong, this ain't right. 
I remember as far back as I can, bro. Like, I think back to, like, I don't know. I remember being in elementary school or, like, being around, like, family members and other and other kids in, in the neighborhood and just being, like, like, why do we got to act a certain way? Like, why why are we about to go beef with this person down the street? Like, what what's the point? Like, what is this about? Like, why is it that, like, these two just got into words and then now it has to become, like, this thing? And all of a sudden, it's just, like, everyone's patting each other in the back, but I'm looking at their faces... And I'm just like, none of you are happy. Like, I'm not happy watching this. You're not happy doing it. But And it's just like, so why do we do this? But I didn't have the words and I didn't have the education. At the same time, I didn't have the mentors and I didn't have the community to pull me out of that. So of course I fell into that shit. Of course I fell into those rhythms. And of course I did all this shit. And of course, like I, you know, to to take the first step on unpacking that toxic masculinity is you gotta be vulnerable enough to share that, yo, I played a part in this. Like, I have, like, I, did some machismo, misogynistic stuff. Like I have said things and my behavior towards women wasn't always the best and it was awful. And I've done a lot of healing and I've done a lot of work to try to make up for that. But that's a long winded way of saying like yeah, at some no. way, in some ways it's always, I've always known it, but it wasn't until like the last, maybe like seven years of my life that I've had the words, the verbiage and like the connections to really like, unpack this and try to become the whole, a whole person that's not relying on it man the mic is just on fire right now you coming in with <laughs> the heat loving it loving it no similar to you i think uh, for me i always felt like really deep inside of me that there was something wrong whenever there mm. was like i want to be the biggest fish in the in the fishbowl like yeah i always felt like that would feel uncomfortable but i feel like i needed to do it to prove myself that i was a man you know and i always felt like I need to prove this but in the back of my head I don't want to do it I really don't want to do it but mm -hmm. society was expecting me to kind of jump jump in that space and I did and, and like you said the first step of unpacking toxic masculinity is realizing and letting letting people know and letting yourself know that you were part of that system and you still are until you, you unpack those places and you help other people unpack as well so I appreciate that I appreciate that um, so the abuse of machismo right as, as we mm -hmm. grew up in the Latin community um, machismo, you can you can breathe, you can see it, you can feel it. Um, yep. What are some ways that you you kind of grew up seeing machismo around you? Um, maybe around your friends, maybe around family, uh, or just just colleagues around this this piece of machismo. Whew, man, uh, so let me, I'm gonna start with family. Like, let's talk about that. So, like, let's go. Machismo and like this whole idea of like, um, and a really unhealthy way to grow up. To be a man or a person identifies as a male um you know like that stuff gets learned we don't grow with that right i think the first thing in on our journey right on unpacking this and my journey specifically using i statements here is understanding that like this isn't a natural thing like it's not a natural thing to walk into a room and be like i'm gonna be the big fish i'm gonna be the most dominant voice and figure like that's learned behavior you know, it's like there's that doesn't work. We're tri we're tribe we're tribal people. We're social animals. Like so, we rely on each other. So this idea that we're it's a dog eat dog world and we have to step on each other that's unnatural. That's socializing. That's that's the tool of the oppressor. The the people who want to hold us down to do that because that's that's just not how this works. So like when I think about so like I go I say all that to say like yo this shit is learned. So I'm, I want to start with like family, and not to sit here and be like yo they fucked me up because that's not how I see things right. Like I see that. My family 
and the people who were close enough to me for me to identify as family did what they could for me given the limitations that they had in the same way that for the future generations that, that the ones that i have worked with that i will work with one day when i have like my own children and i'm passing that on and then even my nephews and my great nephews now for me it's like i'm gonna be able to do all i can and my hope is that they're gonna be like yo he like that 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 was kind of problematic, but he did what he could. So, like, you know, I, I preface that by saying I'm not going to sit here and point fingers. But, you know, I think about, like, some of the conversations I had with some of the adults, the male adults in my life. It's just like, yo, like, you never back down. Like, you don't let people talk to you a certain way. And then this whole idea of, like, you know, uh, like, all the, the male, all the deals and all the uh, male adults being like, oh, you know, like, well, who's that? Who are you talking to? Is that your girlfriend? Oh, how many you got? What's going on mm, here? Da, da, da. And it's just like, ah, what is this? And I'll never forget this. One of my deals, one of my uncles, he was sitting around and he's talking about, like, um, how back in the home country, uh, he has, uh, I don't know, there's, there's, some, there's some girl in the village that every time he goes there, he's convinced that she that she likes him, whatever. That's that's machismo thing too, right? Like, you have to tell mm -hmm. me that someone likes you. That don't matter to me. Like, why is it such a big deal? But anyways, so <laughs> he's like, his whole thing is like, he's going to take all his money. He's going to buy her all these gifts because then that's going to make her love him and, and show him how rich he is and da, da, da. And I'm just like, but why? And then what he said, and then watching the reaction of my other deals and the other males in my family to him, he said, Yo prefiero pasar un noche como rey que un vida como un wey. And I was wow. like, whoa, like, and the, the, he said it with like so, like so proudly, like he just accomplished some shit. And then every, and then like, I, like there was like acknowledgement. And I could see also faces that I were feeling the same thing as me, but they just didn't know what was happening there, right? That's what, that's what I talk about. Like, even before you have the words or the, the, the knowledge of like, that you're participating in something that's self-destructive, you can feel that. You're like, this don't feel right. And I could see that in some people's faces. And and, I, and the other people, it's not that they don't know. It's just like, yo, like, when you've been sipping the Kool-Aid for so long, like, it's hard to unpack that shit. It's hard to, to be like, I've been living this way and it's not the best way for me. But yeah, so like, you know, that shit gets indoctrinated in us from as soon as we're kids, as soon as we're born, they put blue on us, right? They, they put they put blue, uh, if, if and that's, and that's like, already telling a, a, a child that this is their gender, right? But it's like, you know, we put blues for who we say is going to be a boy. We put pink on who's going to be a girl. But then if like a boy starts wearing pink, all of a sudden it's an issue and it's all this stuff. And it's just like, y'all, we can have a whole other episode about how like that was constructed by the capitalist <laughs> system in the 20s because at, there was a yeah. point where boys used to wear pink and girls used to wear blue because pink was a stronger color. So that the, all this is constructed, it's all constructed. You know, but like, we're, we're, but it's so ingrained in us from the TV shows we watch to the family members that, that talk to us. But then you know what? To their credit, they do that for us. These older, these, 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 uh, our, our older examples, our, our fathers, our tios, our community members, they don't do mm -hmm. that shit because they want to hurt us. They do that because they want to help us. They don't want us to, they want us to be successful. And they're like, yo, this is what success looks like. This is what it was taught to for me. So here, do this, be this way. And if you're different, then I get worried. And it's, it's layered, bro. It's complex. It's layered. Too much complexities in here. But I really <laughs> want to go back to, to the point that you made around just when you grow up around family members and they throw like verbiage or verbals, yeah. you know, or story times of when they used to do this. 
you feel it's this unhealthy way, but you don't know how to show it off because then you're going to yeah. be put down and nice. people are going to look at you weird and start calling you names, right? To kind of just show that you are a male. Um, I, I want to go back to this quote of this book um, by Bell Hooks, um, yeah, The yeah. Will to Change, because you touch on like um, indoctrination on boys, right? Um, mm -hmm. Into the rules of patriarchy, we are forcing to feel pain and to mm -hmm. ignite their feelings. As I grow older, man, I'm turning 32 next month. As I grow older, um, pain, <laughs> I know. <laughs> as, I, as I feel the pain, um, denying my feelings has been more of like, oh, I'm not denying my feelings. I'm gonna feel mm -hmm. my feelings because I've been feeling too much pain for too much long. And, yeah. and a lot of people had told me not to feel pain, to not show my pain. But as I grow older, man, I, I just want to make sure I show my feelings because that's what I have. And, and that really resonated with me. Uh, but thank you for sharing your stories about your family, man. That That is super vulnerable. And thank you for holding the space for us. Here. Um, and then the other the other part of it is, this one is a, is a big question, but let, let's dive into it. Is uh, defining toxic masculinity reshaping your identity and who you are as a person? I don't. I don't know. I think. I think unpacking it and, and toxicity isn't changing who you are. It's letting you be who you're meant to be. Because to, like toxic masculinity or like this idea of, of machismo and having to be a certain way because you're a male, you identify as a male. Like that's not you. That's what you've been taught to be. And a lot of times that hinders you from being who you are. Because it's like that quote that you just read. Like when we're indoctrinated. Uh, and then, you know, indoctrinated meaning that like we're taught to be this way and this is the way that it needs mm -hmm. to be. Um, to to feel pain and deny, but deny the feelings, like that's unnatural. You have feelings. That's like saying like you're hungry, but you're not gonna eat. That doesn't make sense. So like if you, if you feel, if you like, and, and, and yo, this is coming from a guy who's been working, like I've been working on myself for, like I said, like five to seven years now, if I'm gonna be honest with it. and it's still hard for me to cry like even in the most vulnerable safe like intentional spaces with people that i trust and who i might have even seen me cry before as soon as i feel those tears coming and i feel like i'm really centered with that i my body like i have to fight it so hard because my body swallows it and it just puts it down because boys aren't supposed to cry you know like what, what is that about You know, I had a conversation with a homie out here earlier today who's also um, Salvadoreño and um, he's out here doing awesome youth work. And he was talking about how like, you know, he's on his own journey too. And, you know, his son will start crying sometimes and sometimes he'll catch himself being like, ah, don't cry, why are you crying? And then it's just, then he's like, whoa, no, please cry. You got like, 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 no, that's fine. Like, let's, let's talk about what's going on here. So, yeah, I keep giving you yeah. these long ass winded no, answers. No, bro. I love it. I love it, man. <laughs> I love it. And this is why Noche Galactica is unique, you know, hey. we, it's about storytelling and it's about really feeling the core of the person and, and, and our stories have power and, and I'm always leaning to that. So I appreciate you just, just sharing Hell that. Yeah. And the talk about stories, Galactica, I got a question for you. Like what is, what is, when you hear vulnerability, what does that mean to you? Oh, okay. So now as a, as a, as a young adult, um, vulnerability means just to be, <laughs> be myself, right? But yeah. growing up, um, yeah. I, I, I want to say my teens, late teens, and, and even like early 20s, mid 20s, 
I I was like vulnerability. No, that's only for women, <laughs> right? And yeah, that was yeah. that was the machismo in me. And again, it's it's unpacking and really bringing down the layers of toxic masculinity. Now I look at that as an advantage to have in life, even in conversations and workplaces and in relationships, not just romantic relationships. Like that just opened up spaces for people to build trust and really, really genuinely care for each other. So vulnerability, I feel is at the core uh, now, is at the core of who I am, because I just want to make sure that I'm being transparent at, at, at every level. Mm. Love that. Beautiful. Yeah, man, well, what about you, man? What about you? Let's talk about that. You had a great story last time we talked about vulnerability and it really stuck with me. <laughs> is that the one with the voice program? Yeah, that's the one with the voice program. <laughs> oh, that's a funny one. Yeah, so, um, so you know, like I said, one of the work, some of the work that I've done throughout the years is uh, I've created a lot of uh, like uh, circles for young men and young male-identified folk, predominantly uh, brown and black boys uh, in um, back home in Massachusetts, and uh, we got to work in different middle schools up like around sixth grade and, and into high school, really creating spaces for like these these young people to be vulnerable and, and to like get real with each other and like practice this like practice unpacking things practice vulnerability practice talking with each other and then you know being led by example by like older um brown and black men um and one of the i'll never forget this i love telling this story it, I, I we walked in and i was like yo i want to talk to these i want to talk to these boys about um intimacy and uh so i it, it was a group of boys they were all freshmen in high school and there was like 15 or 20 of them, I think. And we sat in a circle. And it was me and two other facilitators. And then uh, I asked one of them, and I was like, yo, when was the last time you were intimate with your boys? And they gave me this look, bro, that was just like, whoa, 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 mister, what are you asking me? Like, what, like, what? Like, nah, like, these are my, no. And I'm like, whoa, what did you, what do you think I'm asking you? And then there's just like, well, you're asking me, you know, if I have ever, and I'm like, no, that's not what I, I asked you. What is, like, when was the last time you were intimate? Like, what does intimacy mean to you? And then, like, mm -hmm. as, as soon as as soon as they started unpacking, they're like, oh, intimacy? Like, like, that's, like, that's when you, like, have sex, right? And, like, you, like, that's, like, I'm intimate with my girl. And, blah, blah, blah. and it's like, well, no. And then we unpacked the word intimacy. We created, like, this whole word box and, like, put in, like, all the different feelings and words. And it's just like, no, intimacy just means, like, you create, like, this, like, yes, there's this connotation. There's this, like, understanding that when we use intimacy just in like regular speech it just it can mean that and that's what we run to but no the idea of like intimacy just means like deep connection and like real connection and especially with those that you care about and then it was and, and then by the end of it they had like this whole like their mind was blown and i still remember the same the same kid who uh who like jumped off of his seat when i asked him he, he like put his hand on the shoulder of his homie who was sitting next to him he's like yo like, like we need, we need more intimacy in our relationship. I don't, I don't think we're real <laughs> enough with each other. And it's just like, oh shit. And then they're like walking around the hallways afterwards, and they're like, yo, this is my homie. Like, yo, when are we getting intimate? I'm like, y'all are wilding now. So it's just like, yeah. but it's the whole idea is like they had the space to be vulnerable, the space to practice, the space to be real, because that's what it is. Vulnerability is power. And I'm telling you, bro. Like I, like you know, you're turning 32. I'm turning 35 next month, and I'm like. Uh, it wasn't that long ago when I thought of vulnerability, I was like, nah, that's not for me. Like, I'm not being vulnerable. Like, I got to be strong. Like, but no, now I'm like, yo, vulnerability is the strongest thing that I have in my toolkit. Man, it makes me stronger. That is so powerful. That is so powerful. 
I, I guess similar to to you, not too long ago is when, when I kind of just let go of, of hiding this vulnerability for, for mm. myself and for friends. I felt like up to the age of 28, I, I really never told my mom I loved her because it just felt weird. It just felt like, ah, I mm. love you. It's, it sounds like, ah, no, I don't want to say it. Now I, I say it all the time. And yeah. also to my friends, I just say I love you from the core because I feel like it just, it literally took this weight off my shoulders. It just makes me feel like I am who I am and, and I'm not scared to say it. Now, with that, there's always people who are not, and, and, and nothing to them, but there's people who always take it differently. Like going back to your point about family members just knowing what they know at the time and passing it on. I also feel yeah. like we have community members who just know what they know, right? And nothing to them. Um, but they confuse the way you navigate life with like kind of questioning your sexuality because you are very like mm. vulnerable and you are very like, hey, I love you, man. Two um, women, men, uh, and, and any human being just saying I love you, people just kind of miss misconstruct that and they just start questioning you so that has happened so much to me um where i have to kind of just go and, and really go deep with people and say that doesn't mean nothing like if, if you are showing love to people should not put a label to what type of person you are and who you are you should just be able to accept that and I, I'm, I'm diving into a different conversation around what is love and how love is, love is defined but i feel like it, it kind of sinks in with this toxic masculinity because a lot of times in our culture whenever you show love to people they start questioning your sexuality Mm. Yeah, I think that's like, and I think that's a that's a symptom, right? That's a symptom of this larger disease because mm-hmm. it's like when 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 something doesn't fit the mold of what we understand, you know, that box that we're that we're put in, um, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden it's then it doesn't it's not in that box. So like, there's this idea in a lot of like the like unpacking masculinity and, and and men's work and stuff about like the mailbox like the idea of like this is or the man box which is like this is the this is the it, within this box are all the things that make you man so like you know you, you if you start like this work with like men or boys for the first time they'll be like you know strong uh, uh leader this 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 like you know all, all the stereotypical the common things you hear about what what makes a man a man or what makes a person masculine i guess and then everything that doesn't fit in that goes outside the box. So um, for people that haven't unpacked that box and opened it up to like see new horizons, all of a sudden these things like caring, uh, loving, uh, empathic, vulnerable, that's just like, those are seen as weaknesses so that doesn't fit, fit inside the box. So then all of a sudden we look at what other boxes are available. So let me, they're like, oh, okay, let me see. There's a heteronormative box over here. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Oh, and there's another box over here. Oh, this is, um, what is this here? This is a culture box. So, okay. Like he's, it, this doesn't, this doesn't seem like what I, what I, what I per- perceive as a Latino and how a Latino male should act. This is not what a, what a regular quote unquote man acts. So, oh, maybe, oh, like, it looks like hmm, uh, a, a man that has these behaviors that fits into this box here but like mm-hmm. that's and that's the part of the problem is we let society place us in all these different boxes and we're not we're not boxes we're 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 living human spectrums of people with all range of emotions it's just like a person isn't happy and a person isn't mad they're all of those things because nobody can always be happy and nobody can always be mad so in that same sense it's just like it's not a surprising response that people respond that way because it's just it's different to them and p- things that are different don't make sense and then we get worried and we look for a solution so oh this is, must be you must be gay you must be this you must be that mm-hmm. because other than that i don't get it 
Yeah, man, it's it's, it's powerful, and and I hope I think in most of the conversations I have with folks, I feel like they walk away learning something new and and seeing a different perspective of how male behavior would look like right outside that box. So. I always appreciate them for asking the question and always diving into that conversation. But yes, it's definitely a, a, a different type of pandemic out here in the world. But that's why we have here to unpack this and really, really let people know that, that there's other ways we can, we can dive in. Um, the last question I want to ask you, man, is, is this for one sure. here. Because it's about to be 30 minutes and, and this is the cap for Noche Galactica. You are not... Dang, your time flies. I know, time flies. This is not the episode. This is not the last episode we're going to be together. We have probably two more to cook up. But Blessings, talk bro. To ma- man, toxic masculinity really impacts romantic relationships, right? Um, mm. what, are, what are some strategies that you have used in the past um, just to kind of like check yourself all the time and, and making sure that you are always holding yourself accountable when it comes down to toxic masculinity in romantic relationships. Well, I feel like this is a sneak peek of conversations to come. <laughs> but, <laughs> but but honestly, yo, like communication, like communication and, and and how you listen. Like there, like anybody can listen, but it doesn't mean you're actually like taking in that information. And when we have, when we're still. Um, attaching ourselves to these ideals of toxic masculinity, that box, right, that I mentioned of like those traits. You're if you're a leader and you're powerful and you're the boss, then you're not listening with vulnerability and understanding and and teamwork because you're the boss and a boss it makes boss decisions. At least that's what that definition of a boss is. So, with that said, like you just gotta you gotta you gotta communicate and you gotta listen. You gotta follow that golden rule. Like, what does it mean? to like how do you how would you want to be treated if you were talking like you gotta like really it's a two-way street you gotta it's a give and take um so yeah you gotta you gotta really ask yourself like am i listening am i listening to listen or am i listening to respond that is powerful that is definitely a, a, a key component listening skills listen to listen now listen to respond man it's been a pleasure to have you here my brother uh, this is not like i said this is not the only episode you're gonna be on we got a couple more cooking up but this is Thanks, the time where you man. put shout outs shout outs any plugs out there uh for the people to to know hell yeah i got a couple plugs and i want to read something super quick so yeah i want to sure. shout out all mi gente out here in new england all my worcester 508 folks you're at home you're doing dope ass I can't wait for those East to West connections to happen. All my Providence, PVD, the 401 out here doing amazing things. Yo, check out our kids at Youth in Action. I Let me rephrase that. Our youth, our leaders, and all of their homies out here doing things like pushing back on systems to make it equitable for themselves and their uh, their next generations. And I just want to I want to leave us with a, with a little, a, a, a quick little poem. I'm going to read it both in English and Spanish real quick. I know we're hitting this time. But I want to bring in, like, I decided to use the poeta name Curador, right? Because I feel like in, a, in my past life in my with my indigenous ancestors i got curadores there right like, like i have healers i have teachers i have um people who care so in that same sense i want to read a poem from uh umberto acabal who passed away but he's a central american he's a poeta he's indigenous and this is a poem called mi sombra so my shadow so when we think about all the things we're talking about these are the things that live in our shadow that we try to pretend like they're not part of us but they're part of us and they influence us every day so aquí te lo voy a leer en español rápido everyone me, re- who really speaks spanish and reads spanish yo be patient with me show me love all right like, I, i'm trying so mi sombra de repente siento que mi sombra pesa me lleno de cólera 
me, le, le reclamo, le grito que me cae mal, su terquedad me acompaña, uh, I'm already messing up, so, me de acompañarme poco a poco, cogiéndose de adelante 5, 10, 15, 20 pes, pasos, se para. Y me acuerdo de aquella muchacha que siempre me esperaba allá en mi pueblo porque le daba tristeza verme caminar solo. And I'm going to read it in, in English real quick and I'll tell you my take on it. My shadow, Beautiful. Su suddenly I feel my shadow become heavy. I get angry, I challenge it, I scream, I can't stand how stubbornly it sticks to me. Little by little, limping, it goes ahead, 5, 10, 15, 20 steps, it stops. And I remember that girl who always waited for me back in my village because it made her sad to see me walk alone. So like this, uh, the, for me, like, you know, poetry is, you know, it's it's an artistic expression, so it can mean whatever to anybody. But for me, it's like, yo, we argue with ourselves and like this uh, this idea of like we're different and that our, and our shadow is always making us think that we have something to compete with. But like just this girl was like, yo, I'm so sad because he's by himself. He didn't realize that he's out here fighting himself the whole time, trying to be who he really was and not accepting him for his whole his wholeness, his dualities. And you know, I want to leave that there and shout out to my my spiritual teacher, my friend, my mentor, Miguel Rivera, down in Soca in Southern California, doing cool things and really he put me onto this poetry and all these teachings. So mucho amor, Miguel. Man, that was powerful, man. Thank you for sharing that hit at home. I uh, appreciate you, man. I appreciate the energy that you brought into Noche Galactica today on a Monday. Um, sure. <laughs> once again, I'm Poeta Galactico, and we have Poeta Curador. Hey, in the building. This was episode 43, East to West. I'm packing toxic masculinity. Have a great night. Blessings.